What's up, Dreadheads? I'm John. And I'm Joe. And welcome to episode 44 of Spread the Dread Podcast. This week, we're covering Christopher Wilder, the beauty queen killer. Joe, let's jump right into it real quick. Uh, got a couple of shout-outs this week. Want to give a shout-out to a five-star super spreader, Miss Lisa from Belgium. Gave us a five-star review on, uh, I believe it was Spotify, sent in her screenshot. Uh, and by the way, Lisa, if you're listening to this, and I hope you are considering you left a review, I don't know if you edited your IG messages or in a drunken fit I did, but I need that address <laughs> again so we can send those stickers to Belgium for you uh, like we promised. So make sure you uh, shoot that back over on the IG so we can take care of you. If you want to get some free stickers like Lisa, don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple or on Spotify. Then take a screenshot of it and either send it to us on our Facebook, our IG, or spread the dread podcast at gmail.com and we'll give you some free five-star super spreader spread the dread podcast stickers and the last shout out this week is actually going to go to a malin leon now malin was doing a uh, doing the lord's work and uh <laughs> was actually uh was actually promoting us in some other podcast thread now i'm not encouraging anyone to do that but i don't know what all was going on in that thread seemed like a pretty big thread going on and she was giving everyone a shout out or she was uh, shouting us out to everybody in there. Uh, and the way she phrased it was, hey, you should check these guys out too uh, if you're not easily offended. Uh, and Malin, that's the perfect way to yeah, do that. Yeah, thank you. That was perfect. Yep, and I think that's just as good as a five-star review. So uh, hit us up on IG and uh, with an address, and we'll send you some stickers out so you can keep spreading that dread. Before we launch into it, Joe, like we always do, where is the most dreadful spot on the internet? <laughs> Spreadthedreadpodcast.com. What are they going to find there, Joe? Fucking everything. Exactly. You're going to find links to all of the podcast platforms that we are on. There's a there's a podcast player built into the website. Links to our YouTube and BitChute, which you definitely want to get on there. Subscribe. Ring the notification bell. Give thumbs up and comments because we put all of our podcast audio up there. But that's also the home of our Fright Flick Fuck, Mary Kill series. That is, uh, that's the only video podcast quote-unquote episodes that we do but the audio only for those can be found as well on all the podcast sites but uh, we just got done covering the house that jack built and terrifier one and two and we've got a whole slate of fucked up movies that we are going to be uploading and those are going to be uploaded every friday with me and my brother jay so be sure to check that out as well you were waving at me. <laughs> I wasn't really waving. I was just going to say that if you want to sling some money our way on the donation tiers, the best thing to do so that you can get merch and sling cash is to go for like the $50 senior because we get the least amount of money, but at least you get a shirt and some stickers out of the shit. Absolutely. Just like Richie, who we uh, shouted out on the last episode, and we got your shirt ordered. We did you. Well, we uh, let you know that on IG as well. But yeah, there, you can shop for our merch over at spreadthedreadpodcast.com. Uh, and then again, if you uh, want to help us out on the donation, yeah. that top tier, I think it's 50. Beer fund. Yeah, it's, I think it's 50, but like I said, you know, between... Paying for a t-shirt and the shipping and all that shit, you're going to spend close to 30 bucks right there anyway. Yeah, yeah. But we're going to do it for free because we're total true crime and horror horse horrors, <laughs> I guess you could call us. But if you feel so inclined to do that, if not, 
We ain't making no money anyway, so that doesn't act like it's going to stop the fucking dreads. If you hate this show and you're not donating to it, it's not going to fucking stop us. Nah, we're gonna, it's a passion project. We're yeah. still going to fucking do it. T- told you that we won't stop. <laughs> I thought I told you that we won't stop. Absolutely. <laughs> and speaking of not stopping, I covered everything, didn't I? Yes, you did. All right. And we did it in under five minutes. So all the fucking dickheads out there who complain about how long it takes us to get to it, <laughs> eat shit, die, come back and listen to the next episode. So let's kick it off. We're going to talk about once again, sorry, I don't know why I said once again, I'm saying it once again, but this episode is going to be about Christopher Wilder, the beauty queen killer. All right, so this cocksucker, he was born on March 13th. You cut out the way that I toss it over. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, I'm just trying to get to it. You're running over (laughs) me on this one. That's fine. All right, well, he was born March 13, 1945 in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout out to our Baganabi friends and all of our other Aussies down there. Yeah, he was part of an American father, a naval officer, and an Australian mother. I'm going to go ahead as a proud American and tell you which side of his genetics probably led him to being on this episode uh, and i'm gonna guess it wasn't his uh aussie mum well, well wait a minute what about the ned Ke- kelly shit and ned kelly wasn't a serial killer he's a fucking hero and everybody in australia will fucking agree with me they, i had to do it i had to one and only iron man fuck, uh, yeah, fuck tony stark ned kelly 2024 <laughs> Um, so he actually nearly died at birth and was actually given his last rites by a fucking priest. Oh, yeah. He was knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. <laughs> and you got to make sure because if they're not, if they don't get those rites, they go to wherever that little dark place is. Catholics send unbaptized babies. Uh, I think purgatory. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that <laughs> they're is. They're just weighed in black. It's All the purgatories fun. I've been to had a lot of weird sex stuff going on oh, there and a lot God. of people who had no business wearing outfits that they were wearing. We really should talk about that first apartment we had uh, that might be too horrific for this show yeah. continue though joe <laughs> um so he did recover obviously and but he was a sickly kid and at the age of two he nearly drowned in a swimming pool once again very weak yeah, god <laughs> really had it out for this baby yeah and then the following year he fainted from a fit of convulsions like i swear this is like you know the whole thing where we talk about like you know the uh, the fittest that actually get to live and because of modern medicine that's the reason so many really weak people should have died off out of the gene pool, but well, somehow I mean, get to live and procreate. I don't know. I mean, maybe he was a tough some bitch. I mean, I don't know what kind of what kind of Aussie meds they were giving him down there to fucking make him live through this shit. But I mean. <laughs> He came out. Well, but- either way, the medical, uh, modern medicine got him to at least uh, early, early adolescence. Or just uh- his real big desire to fuck beauty queens and eventually kill them. But we'll <laughs> yeah. get into that later, Joe. <laughs> yeah. uh, he showed some real fucked up signs in early, early adolescence. Yeah. Uh, well, they say this, but he began peeking through windows. I never did that, but I don't know. I wonder if that's the equivalent of going on Pornhub. I mean, yeah, you don't got to peek through windows now unless you're talking about your Windows computer. And yeah. a lot of us peek through those. <laughs> a lot of us. And a lot of y'all shouldn't be peeking on there. You're going to end up turning into Christopher Wilder. And I fucking, <laughs> I warned you. Now, on January 4th of 1963, at the age of 17, Christopher Wilder raped a 13-year-old girl along with two other young men. Um both of uh, the guys uh, denied being involved in the actual assault. Now, Wilder was sentenced to probation and claimed later in his life that he also received electroshock therapy. Ooh. Now, per uh, Christopher Wilder's confession, or uh, whatever he the fuck he said to people, I mean, he, co- he comes in and out of the system quite a few times. So at some point when he was in court or with a psychiatrist or something, 
He claimed that this electroshock therapy actually uh, gave him fantasies of himself having sex with women and electrocuting them during the process. Now, I'm going to tell you what. That's going to electrocute him, too. Yeah, but he's he just being he's his he's fucking got dick that fucking, first. He's got that fucking lightning dick, bro. Yeah, the thunder from down fucking under, right fucking there. That's what Christopher. What? I don't think that's anything wrong to fucking say, honestly. I've had those dreams. You know, that, not that I want to be like Electro from Spider Man, and I can't do it. Like, you know, I fuck him literally, and they're gonna die. Uh, but it has been suggested that the. Uh, that this electroshock therapy also uh, aggravated his violent tendencies. Now, Makes however, sense. later on, a journalist, uh, Duncan McNabb, uh, claimed that there was never any evidence that he actually underwent electroshock therapy, and also that the story of him nearly drowning was also an invention of Christopher Wilder himself. So now, uh, his parents are... are at the time this story ends, when we get to it, his parents are still alive and kicking. So I'm guessing they couldn't validate it either. Or, you know, once everything went down, they were just like, we have no fucking son. <laughs> you know, Christopher didn't even fucking drown in that pool. Or they maybe they were denying, you know, because they were fucking having shrimps on the Barbie and fucking and crushing fosters at a fucking pool, <laughs> not paying attention to their fucking Whoops. kid. So I don't know. But, um. But yeah, so I mean, it, I mean, honestly, you got to take anybody like Christopher Wilder. You got to take what they say with a grain of salt. So roughly five years later, um, Wilder ends up marrying, but his uh, wife left him after only eight days after <sighs> learning about his dark sexual desires and tendencies. God so damn, that's, that's a, a fu- smart fucking bitch right there. I guess, but like, <laughs> dude, like. But, how fucking thick did he lay it on in a fucking week? I know, right? And also, how long was the courtship on this motherfucker? Because, I mean, like... Like, it, why didn't that come up during dating? Oh, see, this gr- is why it's okay for premarital I sex. I was just about to say yeah. that. PSA to everybody. <laughs> fuck people before you marry them. Yeah. And definitely fuck them before you move in. And always move in with them before you fucking marry them. Because <laughs> I promise you, the person you're taking out to that fine Italian restaurant and dancing, that ain't the same motherfucker that no. rolls over hungover on a fucking Sunday morning five years deep into their fucking relationship. <laughs> I'll give you that fucking advice for free and Joe can back it up because yes. she's fucking, she lives with me. Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Is, yeah, so after she left, he ended up uh, trying to coerce a nurse into having sex with him. Haven't we all, though? Using pictures of naked women in a briefcase, but she went to the police instead. Another, I recant another my previous smart statement. One. I never, I don't think I've ever sit there and went up to a girl and was like, you know, here's look the these, goods. You look, want look at some? these naked pictures of other women. You want to fuck? Like, who? Jesus, I'm sorry. You look like this one. You know how many times I fucking jerked yeah, off of le- that pic? Electroshock or nothing. This dude definitely was in that pool too long. <laughs> I, I'm starting to really buy the fact that he maybe did drown a little bit there. Yeah. Um, so he ended up uh, being able to avoid charges when she went to the police. Um, and he immigrated to the United States in 1969 and lived in Boynton Beach, Florida. Bring us your poor, tired, and clinically fucking insane huddled masses. And sexually we deprived, will fucking, yeah. We will fucking take them he's gonna fit right in in florida i can Uh, promise you that right there like you know he can't swim he's got brain damage go ahead so he came here um he was actually uh, into electrical and uh, had an electrical and construction business um and because of the boom in that in florida at that time he actually became very financially successful in buying a large house he began racing cars and actually developed a hobby of photography yeah i wonder where that hobby uh, came I from know, right um his success and wealth continued to grow once he actually went into real estate but despite his success, um, in 1971, Wilder 
was actually turned over to police when he tried to get women to pose for nude photographs. Yeah. Now, again, I, I I'm I don't know how I'm just, I'm guessing it would be what some form of like solicitation. I would think so because you're, I mean, pornography. Uh, yeah, pornography already existed by that yeah, point, but, but for money, but you know, what age demographic <laughs> or do you, I don't do, know. if anybody out there fucking makes porn, is there like government credentials you have to have to legally show? And they'd be like, Not hey, anymore. you asked her if she wanted to get naked, uh, sir. If you'll look right here, I actually do have a, uh, you know, fucking like the sag after a version of fucking porno fucking makers right there. And they're like, this checks out, lady. You were the one to blame. It Stop wearing mini skirts. Probably better than some of the amateur tabs on some of the porn sites these days, though. Oh, my Ugh, God. Those are gross. <laughs> any fucking way. He was only fine for the offense, like you said. Now, soon afterwards. He was arrested again when he tried to force. Well, here we go. This oh this God. might lend credence to some of the women he was trying to get naked pictures of. He was arrested again when he tried to force a high school student into having oral sex with him uh, in a house that uh, that he was, you know, uh, a real estate probably something he was selling, but it was under renovation. Uh, when he went to court, Wilder revealed that he had fantasies of himself masturbating to the image of a girl being raped. Um, as a response to the judge's question of whether he was sane enough to stand trial or not. See, this is now, why I can't be a judge. disgusting, but it was, a, it was smart on his back. I mean, yeah, unless he just like, he was just like a firing off the hip. Maybe at that point he was trying to be like, look, I need help. And you guys just keep giving me fines and warnings. I got money. I yes, got money. I got these fines like out of the fucking ass. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I just see that. Did you think you're clear? Do you think you're fit to stand trial, Mr. Wilder? Well, I mean, apart from the fact that I want to masturbate to people being raped, I think I'm fine. Gavel down. Send them on. Like we need to, we need to, we need to fucking do something with this guy. I probably shouldn't just let him waltz on out of here. Uh, during the resulting trial, a doctor and a psychiatrist evaluated him, and they recommended supervised treatment. Duh. I, I don't need a fucking degree. But to otherwise, fucking... was fucking acquitted. That's oh, a yeah, stupid he was... thing. He should have been charged, and he should have also been under supervision. Just I, saying. Yeah, I mean, at this point, but now again, you got to remember all the stuff prior to this took place in Australia, and it took yeah. place in the late '60s. This thing placed the early 70s. There, there's not going to probably be a fucking inner fucking country databases and yeah. shit like that. So when he got here, it was technically clean slate. Um, now, three years later, he's right back at it again, posing as a photographer named David Pierce and managed to lure a schoolgirl out of a Florida shopping mall. He uh, drugged the girl and uh, forced her to have sex with him in his truck. Uh, when he released her, the girl turned Wilder into the police, obviously smart girl. Uh, but he managed to plea bargain the charges down to probation with therapy, claiming to have had blackouts during the weekends. Uh, he did go see a sex therapist who believed that over time Wilder made a lot of progress during their sessions. I hope they lost their license because as we'll get into later, they were wrong. Those Kinsey fuckers right there. Oh yeah, probably. Um, So he ended up uh, returning to Australia to visit his parents. And while there, he abducted two teenage girls from a beach. So he's just right back at it. Right. Um, He tied them up, forced them to pose for nude pictures, bound them into subservient positions, and masturbated over them. Right. Just like he had talked about fantasizing. Yeah. I mean, technically, I mean, I I guess he raped them, but in the pro, well, no, he didn't rape them. But he put them in the positions, like the subservient positions, basically positioning them to where they could have been raped. Yeah. So he's literally living out the exact fantasy he, he just, warned a judge that he fucking had. He just wanted to give out pearl necklaces to everybody. All right. So then he was... <laughs> Sorry. <Ugh>. Sorry. <laughs> Um, <laughs> obviously released them they went to the you oh, filthy <laughs> bitch I'm not gonna let that slide 
I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. It was off the cuff. This That's is my why you job. No, but this is why you can't give me a black cherry white claw. She is. She is. <laughs> Joe gets raw on the fucking claw. And yeah, she's got a, she's got a black cherry, so expect the humor to get dark. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Uh, he, once he was arrested, uh, Wilder was uh, bailed out by his parents and was allowed to return to Florida until his trial, which was uh, set to begin uh, roughly five months from when he was released. The trial was repeatedly postponed, however, and by the time the hearings uh, were actually scheduled to occur in April of 84, authorities were unable to lo- locate him. Right. And the reason, A... That he's on this fucking show. We're getting to the juicy bits, dreadheads. I know you've held on for hope. You listen to Joe talk about pearl necklaces. Uh, and, and me just... I didn't bring up Bukaki or something. I don't know if that was around back then. Or if at least at that point, Asia hadn't blessed us with an export of it. We didn't know about it at the yeah, time. I'm go. pretty sure they that's old hat to them. But... The reason they were unable to locate Wilder in April of 1984 is because in early 1984, dreadheads, hold on to your tits, ass, taint, cock, balls, and whatever else you got down there, Wilder began a six-week cross-country crime spree in the United States that would ultimately leave eight female victims dead in his wake. So yeah, so Rosier, uh, Rosario, excuse me, Teresa Gonzalez was last seen on February 26th. Now, hold on, before you get too much into it, I've, we, we've got these broken down by areas. Yeah. And you're going to see a very erratic pattern of states where these things happen. Now, that's going to come into play later and we'll talk about it, but I, I, we're just breaking this down. So this is kind of the stuff that was taking place in like the Florida and Georgia areas. Uh, yeah, and it started with, as Joe was saying, and back to you, Rosario Teresa Gonzalez. Okay, it was last seen on February 26, 1984 at the Miami Grand Prix where she was paid $200 a day as a spokesmodel. Uh, witnesses ended up stating that she left the, the track between around noon and 1 p.m with a caucasian man in his 30s and it's always a caucasian man (laughs) in his 30s no not always yeah we've we've proven that yeah black history month it's just mostly us though (laughs) and as a white male i gotta fucking throw those in when i can so (laughs) and don't you think our beautiful african-american afro whatever black wherever the fuck you're from if you've got a lot of melanin don't you think that we ain't ready for this upcoming fucking february motherfuckers (laughs) we're gonna give it to you again and let you know that even though percentage wise you beat us Y'all still a little fucked up, too. <laughs> um, so, uh, witnesses stated she left it uh, left in her car between noon and one um, with him, and uh, her blue 1980 Oldsmobile Cutlass was found parked near DuPont Plaza. That's a classic car right there. <laughs> yes. That's a sweet car. Yeah, I think actually a close friend of mine had that, and I actually lit her fucking ashtray on fire in the back seat by not putting my butt completely That's out. That's the way freedom was back then, I Joe. Know, there right? was no flame retardants or anything like that. If <laughs> and you, fucking... you put ashtrays in yeah, the middle of a fucking seat yeah, with goddamn you, fabric. You left in a it. fucking heater going. You dealt with it like you wanted to. That's freedom. <laughs> um, so uh, Walter was a race car driver who was also at the race where he raced in the IMSA GTU class in a Porsche 911. And it's go- a Porsche. It's a Porsche 911. Oh, we can say 911 now. It's been over 20 years. It's, it's that's yeah, true. It's good now. So yeah, we can my say bad. That. <laughs> yeah. So Gonzalez was never seen again at that point. Now on March 5th. Wilder's former girlfriend, Miss Florida finalist Elizabeth and Miss Elizabeth Ann Kenyon, who was 23 at the time, also went missing. Uh, this isn't. This is not an attractive man. This is he what is I'm trying not. to figure out. So I guess he really was 
pretty fucking, you know, uh, oh, he was, loaded oh, with he money. Oh, he was loaded. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Because pretty dumb girls go after guys with money for some goddamn reason. All right, yeah. So if you guys see a fucking dude that looks kind of fucking psychotic, but he's driving a Porsche, uh, I don't know. Stay maybe, goddamn clear. Maybe you go for the fat, funny guy who's driving a purple S10 uh, in high school that you didn't <laughs> want to talk ding, to. Ding, ding. <laughs> I mean, that's neither here nor there and definitely not me. <laughs> Uh, but Elizabeth that was a was, cute truck, yeah, though. <laughs> yeah, it was the purple people eater. I, uh, I I got farther in that truck than fat guys should have, and that's because of my humor. Uh, but she was last seen with Wilder at a gas station near Miami. Now, her car was found six days later, six days after March 5th, um, abandoned at the Miami airport. So, Rosario Gonzalez was an aspiring model at the time of her disappearance, and she had actually also participated in the Mm. Miss Florida Beauty Contest, along with victim number two, Elizabeth Kenyon. Uh, Neither woman's remains have ever been found to this day. God. Uh, Yep. So now, just a few days later, Joe, on March 18th, tell us what happened then. So this is where Wilder led 21-year-old Teresa Waite Ferguson away from the Merritt Square Mall in Merritt Island, Florida. He ended up murdering uh, Ferguson and dumped her body at uh, Canaveral Groves, where it was discovered on March 23rd. Yep, and that brings us to our final Florida, Georgia victim for Mr. Christopher Wilder. Uh, 19-year-old Linda Grover, uh, he abducted her from the Governor Square Mall in Tallahassee, Florida, on March 20th, so just two days after um, he had gotten a hold of Teresa Waite Ferguson. Um, so now Linda Grover, uh, she had declined his offer to photograph her for a modeling agency. That was smart. Um, and and so he ended up uh, kidnapping her and tied Grover's hands up and wrapped her in a blanket and put her in the trunk of his car. Uh, Grover was taken to Glen Oaks Motel in Bainbridge, Georgia. So he got her in Tallahassee, took her across state lines into Bainbridge, Georgia, and she was sexually assaulted and tortured. Grover ended up locking herself in the bathroom where she began like, you know, pounding on the walls, yelling for help and all of this other stuff. Wilder actually ended up fleeing in his car and taking all of her belongings with him. So she fucking, you know. That's a smart bitch. Because that's always my thing is like, okay, toilets always have that cover over the tank. That's a hard, I mean, that's a fucking weapon right there. Like, run to the bathroom, pick that son of a bitch up. And even if it's a janky ass, cheap ass lock, like be prepared. You have this tool, this this weapon with you. Yeah, in these situations, your fight or flight kicks in, and I mean, eventually, when the flight is no longer an option, again, you're you're in a hotel room, you have now backed yourself into a bathroom. It's time to fight. There yeah, is no there is no, no way out. We're talking yeah. about 1984 toilets, so I mean, they were like 100 percent like fucking porcelain. Yeah, with yeah, a little bit of concrete mixed solid. in and shit like that. So yeah, yeah. If she'd have fucking whopped him upside the fucking head with it. He we wouldn't have, have any it. other victims. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. But, I mean, at least with, with her doing that, she was able to survive her encounter with Christopher Wilder. 
So that was in Georgia, and now we're going to ch- jump over to Texas and Kansas. Oh, yeah. He's heading out west. Yeah. So on March 21st, um, he ended up approaching Terry Walden, and she was a 23-year-old wife, uh, mother, a nursing student in Beaumont, Texas, um, and he approached her about posing as a model. She ended up turning him down, but two days later, on March 23rd, he ended up kidnapping her, stabbing her to death, and fled in her rust-colored 1981 murder. Mer- Mercury fucking Cougar. That is a sweet goddamn car. Anyway, right? An eighty-one fucking rust-colored Cougar. God damn, boy! Like that's that's. I actually wanted a Mercury Cougar when they uh, came back in a style in like the early two uh, thousands. You remember oh, the body style, the two doors? Oh man, they were fucking sweet as shit. I and do the remember Toyota seeing Celicas. What? The t- uh, yeah, the Toyota Celicas and the Mercury Cougars. They had like kind of competing body lines, and I I wanted both of them fucking brand new. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of our Hispanic dreadheads that know a few people who have kept them fucking Toyota Celicas on the road. <laughs> you can't get rid of a Toyota Celica. To- cockroaches will be driving Toyota Celicas after Russia nukes all of us. They're just going to be or that mad max. Toyota Camry I had. Oh, well, any Toyota, really, that was made in the eight, 70s, 80s, and early 90s, like, I'm promising They're still you, running, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just that ISIS has most of them now. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, not to, not, to, not to toot ISIS's horn, but that's a fine model of car <laughs> if you're going to go around in the deserts committing terrorism acts. You can rely on a fucking 70, 80, early 90 model Toyota. You know, fucking model be damned. <laughs> and despite that cool-ass car, um, uh, him taking her cool-ass car, uh, her body was actually found and a canal a couple of days later. Yep, which goes to March 25th, just four days later, Dreadheads. He's on a fucking tear. Wilder abducts 21-year-old Suzanne Logan at the Penn Square Mall in Oklahoma City. I wonder which state that's in. It's Oklahoma for your non-American Dreadheads out there. <laughs> now, Wilder took her 180 miles north into Newton, Kansas. So again, there he goes. He's fucking crossing state lines and shit like that. Um, and they checked into the I-35N. After breakfast the next morning, he drove to Milford Reservoir, which was 90 miles northeast of Newton, near Junction City, Kansas, where he stabbed her to death and actually left her body. So another big jump. So we're going from Kansas now into Utah and California. We're not in Kansas anymore, Joe. <laughs> Shut <laughs> yeah, up, Dad. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I like dread and dad jokes. Suck and sue me. <laughs> um, this is where he takes uh, 18-year-old Cheryl Bonaventura captive in Grand Junction, Colorado on March 29th. Uh, they were actually seen together at a diner in Silverton. Um, they ended up telling staff they were heading for Las Vegas with a stop in Durango. But on March 30, uh, 30th, they were seen at the Four Corners Monument. Um, and that's, that's actually it, where the four corner, or four different states come I, together I, and what, you can stand uh, in all four. It's Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, and Colorado, I yes. want to believe. Yes. And yeah, yeah, there's a spot there where all of them literally come together. There's a big medallion. Yeah, big yeah, medallion. You can, you, can, you can technically stand in multiple states at once. It's something white people do for vacations. And if we were fatter, we could definitely be on all Oh, yeah. So, yeah, before my <laughs> surgery, I could have laid down and been in four fucking states i promise you there have been a love handle in fucking arizona i'd have had a fucking thigh in new mexico a, a chin or two in utah so oh, God damn. for all of our plus size dreadheads out there we ain't judging you but uh feel free you might be one of the few people you know who can actually be in all four states at the same time 
<laughs> um, he ended up uh, shooting and stabbing Bonaventura to death around March 31st near the Kanab River in Utah, but her body was actually not found until May 3rd. Right, and that goes and leads into the next one, 17-year-old Michelle Korfman. Uh, she was an aspiring model. Again, fitting to his M.O. He's an ugly dude with a lot of money, so of course he's going after pretty girls. Uh, She disappeared from a 17 magazine cover model competition at the uh, the Meadows Mall in Las Vegas on April 1st. Um, A photograph was taken of Wilder actually kind of like stalking her at the competition. That's creepy. Well, you can find those online. When when I was looking up the images and stuff, you know, because... Unlike all the successful podcasts out there that don't do this, Joe is very awesome and makes unique art for each one of our episodes. So when I'm doing research, if I have the time, I try to throw a bunch of pictures in there so that she ain't got to go looking for them. But I did see that one. And in the one picture that's there, yeah, he immediately just reeks of stranger danger. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you can find that on a, 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 a pretty easy Google search. Uh, Her body remained undiscovered near a South California roadside rest stop until May 11th, so a month and 10 days later. And uh, she wasn't even identified until mid-June, and that was actually only via her dental records. I'm guessing, you know, if she's, you know, that's a hot-ass part of the country. Yeah. Um, Vultures, vermin, absolutely. all kind of shit. So, yeah, if she was just fucking apart. left out, kind of, yeah, she... It wasn't a pretty sight they stumbled on, and again... It probably was. It was probably just bleached bones, in all honesty. Yeah, well, like you said, I mean, again, they couldn't even identify her until, you know, a month or two later, and again, that was only by using her teeth. So now this leads us to fucking New York, right? So like yeah, he, he just beelines it for the other coast. Yeah, it's, it's it's not a it was it's a cross country, but it's technically a crisscross country because yeah. again he you know he's zigzagging, right? Yeah, <laughs> he he starts out in Georgia and Florida and then makes it all the way over to Cali and then is now going back across to New York. But explain, Joe. Uh, this all started on April 3rd of 1984. How this happens. Yeah. So well, actually, sorry. It, it, it starts the day after this. But yeah, on April 3rd of 1984, Wilder actually gets placed on the FBI's 10 most wanted list. They know who the guy is. Yeah. They, they don't have a fucking doubt. They just can't find him. And when you see the pattern that's going on and how many states he's jumping before he yeah. does his next crime. Yeah, it's very you, spree-like. You can see why it was yeah. so hard to fucking track him down. Yeah, absolutely. It's very spree-like, so they were probably getting a little bit disoriented about, like, okay, you can't even project the trajectory. You have right. no idea where he's well, going to yeah, go they're next. Finding him in, they're finding him, you know, evidence of him in one state, and the motherfucker's like a time zone fucking away. Uh, at this point, the Behavioral Science Unit, uh, which at the time was led by a John Douglas, created a profile on him, uh, and this is where the media outlets ultimately dubbed him the beauty queen killer and that brings us to the following day near torrance california walder and actually photographed a six-year-old tina marie reciso uh, before abducting her and driving her to el centro where he assaulted her um, he ended up keeping her alive and took her with him as he traveled back east through prescott arizona joplin missouri and chicago uh, illinois and wilder stated that he believed a uh, reciso to be a hashtag robot or i'm sorry hashtag, hashtag god damn god this damn is what the white claw is kicking in sorry there we quote go. We sorry go. quote the pearl necklace <laughs> comment was fucking crass just know that she was only halfway into it 
Um, so, uh, quote, unquote, robotic enough to help him abduct more victims. So he saw somebody he could, that was manipulate. malleable. Yeah, yeah, it was malleable. He can, she, he can manipulate, and then yeah. there we go. Now I got a partner in crime. She can help. I'm ugly as shit. Maybe I'm running out of money by yeah. this point. <laughs> I'm driving around in a rust-colored cougar. I don't got my fucking Porsche 911. <laughs> I need a partner. Yeah. Um, so uh, him and Reese... Risico or risk? I don't know how you would I say that. I always pronounce it Risico. Risico. R I S I C O. That sounds kind of Italian. If we got some Italian dreadheads out there, sorry, fucking let me know. No, no fucking <laughs> fuck you. Fuck, I'm not apologizing to them. <laughs> Why would say I apologize the Anthony to and them? Guidos that listen? That's what I, was I didn't say. say. Guidos. I said Italian. <laughs> you heard Guidos, and then you just said Guidos. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry. Um, this is where he went to Maryville, Indiana on April 10th with her, where he abducted six-year-old uh, Donette Wilt at the South Lake Mall. Um, he ended up raping Wilt several times as Reciso drove to New York. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, stopping along the way in she the didn't backseat. She did give a shit. So, yeah, she's, yeah. you know, I would imagine, I, th- I mean, I, there's nothing to indicate that she probably was just going along to fucking... All right, I gotta save my own skin at this point again, and, and, and we're we're also talking about a sixteen-year-old. Exactly. So let's go a little easy on her at this point, and not be like, "Bitch, why didn't you fucking do something again?" She's malleable, and he's already assaulted her. He's already given her a taste of what he's fucking capable of. So we'll cut her a little bit of slack on that one. But yeah, they you know he, all the way up to New York, Joe, which brings them near the city of Pinyan. Yeah. So and this is where uh, Waller took Wilt into the woods and attempted to suffocate her before stabbing her twice and leaving her for dead um she ended up managing to tie a pair of jeans around herself for a tourniquet and flag down help um she ended up being taken to uh she was taken to the soldiers and sailors hospital in Penyan by a truck driver and um walter actually had doubled back and returned to the spot where he left her to make sure she was dead he panicked on seeing that she had actually fled right um, yeah, so, yeah, so she survived and recuperated at Soldiers and Sailors Hospital, and she told local police that Wilder was headed for Canada. Now, while this is going on, Joe, at the Eastview Mall in Victor, New York, is where Wilder forced his last final victim, 33-year-old Beth Dodge, into his car and had Risico follow him in Dodge's Pontiac Firebird. Now, it was a really short drive, and Wilder ended up um, shooting Dodge and ended up leaving her body in a gravel pit. And Rosicio, Rosicio, yes, whatever, yeah, whatever, Rosicio, you know, fucking that whatever. one, yeah. And he the then Italian girl or the Guido girl, as Joe's calling her <laughs> I'm over sorry. here. Um, he he then yeah. drove the Firebird uh, to Logan Airport in Boston, where he bought her a ticket to L.A. Right. So he's sending her back. She's cross country with him, witnessed all this shit, gotten some of his wrath, too. And he puts her on a fucking plane back to L.A. I, I mean, I don't know. And it's not stated. And we're, you're going to find out why it's not stated here in a second, Dreadheads. But why? What, I mean, did he? Did, was well, because she was compliant, I read, or I, I haven't read ahead. I would think that it, because she was compliant, it was probably in his head as like, oh, she's not going to turn me in because I, I've already threatened her. Like, hey, you were right here with me. They're going to get you a, as an accomplice. Like, I dare you to fucking say. Oh, something. I'm sure that was that was. Fucking... Yeah, and at 16, yeah, again, very malleable, and you're fucking scared for your life. Like, you're probably going to listen. And well, he's I, thinking she's going to fucking listen. Yeah, I mean, but still, at the same time, I mean, when you see the fucking 
randomness and the viciousness that this guy is, and really the randomness, I mean, again, you, you fucking cut across the country twice. Yeah. It's, it's just, I don't know. I just find that really weird. And again, you know, we don't know why he did this. And let's get into it, dreadheads, of why exactly we don't know why he did this. So now we're jumping from New York into Massachusetts. And on April 13th, Wilder actually managed to lure a 19-year-old girl from the side of a road in Beverly, Mass, when her car broke down. Um, however, when he threatened her with his revolver, she managed to escape somehow when he was forced to slow his car down. She did the old fucking pop the door tuck and roll. Yeah, that's what it sounds fucking like. Fucking badass. <laughs> um Obviously, Wilder is panicking. He ends up uh, abandoned several times, including the or abandoning um, uh, several items, including the camera he used to authenticate himself with, his suitcase, and objects he took from his previous victims. You know, um, yeah, he had some keepsakes as, on him. And then, of course, yeah. like, when she's talking about the camera to validate himself, he was trying to play the guise of being a photographer all the time to get these. Yeah, women. so he so dropped everything. Like, had a really oh, shit, nice I'm... fucking camera set up. Again, he was an amateur photographer. It was a hobby of his. He had the money so i'm sure he had a nice fucking amazing setup and yeah. again like you were saying that was authenticating himself you don't have fucking credentials for that shit but yeah. clearly if someone's sitting there rocking a fucking banger ass camera that yeah. you know is fucking hundreds or thousands of dollars absolutely it yeah. does lend credence to what the fuck you are saying yeah uh, it, but yeah so he just starts dumping all the shit he fucking can again He's panicking. He's now out of his, I mean, out of his last four people he's picked up, including Risico. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he, three of them did not die. Yeah. He sent Risico back for some stupid reason. And I, I mean, I'm glad she fucking survived. But I mean, honestly, if we're thinking like a serial killer here, that was fucking stupid. <laughs> then the girl that he uh, stabbed to death. Uh, um, oh, what was, uh, what was her name? Oh, uh, um. Tina Mar- oh, no, no, that was a Risico. Uh, the one from uh, Maryville, or no, the, well, yeah, Dawn, yeah, Donette Wilt that they yeah. got in Maryville, Indiana. He left her for dead. She was a badass bitch, fucking tourniquet, give herself a tourniquet with her own jeans. Mm-hmm. He goes back and checks. She's gone. Yeah. So now out of his last Even four- Even additional panic adding in. You right, know? and then now this, you know, the, the 19-year-old girl, I'm guessing they probably hidden, uh, hid her identity. She survived, you know, and stuff like that. So they didn't get out, but she does the tuck and roll. So he's- He's clearly, like, he's clearly, you know, at this point, he's like, fuck, you know, out of the last four women I've encountered and done this to, three of them are still on this fucking earth and have seen my face, have seen my car, seen license plates, all this other shit. Like, he's got to start feeling the walls kind of coming in on him at this and time. And that might be why he beelines it from Massachusetts um, into New Hampshire. Um, there at a Colebrook, New Hampshire service station, just 12 miles from the Canadian border, uh, 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 Wilder attracted the attention of two state troopers. Uh, yeah, some- now don't forget, Dawnette had said when, when she got with the authorities after she's getting to the hospital that his plan was to go to Canada. Yeah. So I'm guessing at this point, I mean, obviously, it, I, I, Canada is the, it's, it's America's top hat. So he could have at any moment fucking jumped over there. So I don't know if this was kind of a last minute thing. Yeah. You know, by the time where he. I mean, again, none of this is making rhyme or fucking reason, Mm -hmm. you know, especially with the pattern that he's going on. Now, it did lead him to not being caught nearly as quickly as what they could have, but it still was only roughly six weeks. So it's not like he was hiding out, needed to do this for years to avoid detection. So, I mean, you got someone who is just manically 
fucking just- that's actually the next thing i was gonna point out is like it sounds like he like went into like a, a bipolar like manic episode and just was all over the fucking place i mean well, i mean honestly because there's not i mean apart from him going after younger but i mean then at the at the end there uh what da- uh, donette was um jesus she was what uh so she was 16 uh years old but yeah, what? Oh, Beth Dodge mm-hmm. in New York. She was in her thirties. Yeah, you know, so things at the yeah, it's like he no mo. He just panic and spree, and it's all about just quickness, and it doesn't even seem like he's at this point really positioning himself to really be worried about beauty contest or. I don't know why he got just the beauty queen killer. Well, because if some of, of the, these females because of the first two, and then of course you've got young pretty girls popping up. You had uh, what Risico, I believe, was she the one that was taken Seventeen from? Magazine? Yeah. Um. No, she wasn't the one from the Seventeen. That was um, a seventeen-year-old Michelle Korfman was the one that was at the Seventeen Magazine uh, cover model competition. Okay. Uh, but bad. yeah, so I mean, he's, getting, he's getting young, attractive girls and stuff like that. And then, of course, he kicked it off with his, with his ex, who was, you know, an ex, like, like Miss Florida finalist. And it was a contestant, and, a co-contestant right, yeah, with and, and his next Rosario, yeah, yeah. yeah, so that was the same thing. So, I mean, you know, that's the way they dubbed him. I would have probably came up with something way cooler, like how I did for last episode about <laughs> Nathaniel Barjona, the pedo cannibal chef. If you haven't listened about that fat fucker yet, he is burning up the fucking charts uh unlike yes, all the calories God. he could have burned in his fucking life instead of being a complete and total fucking piece of pig shit i digress but yeah this dude is i mean he's he's all over the fucking place it seems like his only mo is like i want him to be hot i'm clearly going to sexually assault them and i i never understood and and I know that by this point, if you're, if you're, I mean, if you're still fucking sticking around to our episodes, you understand here, we talk about the fucking uncomfortable. That's what we do. Uh, just like Malin Leon fucking let everybody else know if you can stomach them, they're good. Um, <laughs> but I never understood. I, and, and maybe it has something to do with the idea of them suffering or dying slowly. I never understood the fact of leaving a victim to die. There is so many obviously very easy ways, especially when you've already got a gun and knives on you. I mean, yeah. fuck, he was, he, what? Or uh, they're so incapacitated there. I mean, you could have fucking suffocated them at that point. I mean, really, if you wanted to, like, save right, ammo. Right, or slit the fucking throat. You yeah. can fucking decapitate them. Are, are you fucking put, put the gun up to their fucking eye sockets and blow them both out. They're not going to survive. And he's not the only one Yeah. where people, oh, I thought they were going to die. <laughs> I think that kind of... Uh, lends a little bit more credence into it being a bit more of a spree killing. It was all about quick and hastiness and trying to keep from being stopped before he was satisfied. Well, and there is debate on if 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 Christopher Wilder should be classified as a serial killer or a spree killer because there are two things. Yeah. Those, two are, those are two different things. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I, I think the only thing that would probably go against it is most killing sprees don't last almost two months Mm. they're usually over the course of days hours you know and stuff like that so i guess that could go in and then again of course you've got his previous run-ins with the law that definitely lend credence to what he ended up becoming and Mm -hmm. doing and things of that nature so there could be some psychological profiling involved in being like no here's why he's a serial killer no here's why he's a spree killer yeah. So, I mean, it, that is a good point that you bring up there. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so we like we said, um, yeah, some he's had- he's in Colebrook, New Hampshire. He's he's already panicked. He's fucking dumped everything. Yeah. He's heading for the Canadian border, and when he's in Colebrook, New Hampshire, at a gas station, he attracts the attention of two state troopers. Joe. Yeah. So some folks have actually stated that the troopers either recognized his car from descriptions given by the other uh, by the. Ev- FBI and others claim that the troopers recognized the car from recent news reports and some have even made claims that Wilder was acting strangely enough to warrant an investigation from said troopers. Well, I mean, yeah, at this point he's I mean, he's clearly panicked. He was keeping keepsakes yeah. Which is also something indicative of a serial killer. Yeah, but he did ditch him already. He did ditch him, but that's what yeah. I'm saying. I mean, you, I mean, obviously, if he's been going around for the past six weeks with them, with all of that evidence in the mm-hmm. fucking vehicles, he's still in that mindset. He's also swapped yeah. vehicles a few different times, yeah. so he's continuing to bring them with him. He's kind of at this point like, oh fuck, you know, and he, he's he, so I could imagine him being. I mean, goddamn, if I had a body count on me and I knew that like three of the last four quote-unquote victims of mine that I encountered fucking survived me and have clearly seen my face and I'm filling up my car at a fucking gas station. I'm up shit creek, yeah. Right? Like, a fucking security guard would make me fucking nervous (laughs) at this point. (laughs) Let alone two state troopers. Um, But now, so they eventually, uh, he leaves and they pull him over and the troopers, Wilder gets out of the car Mm -hmm. while they're approaching um, and then Wilder just frenetically dives into his car and goes for his revolver. Now, remember, he's been shooting and stabbing stuff, so he does that. Now, the troopers tackle him. You know, they get on him. But Wilder was able to get his revolver in time, and he fired two shots, Joe. (laughs) Yes. One of the shots struck Wilder, passed through his body, and wounded one of the troopers. The trooper's name was Leo Jellison. Um, he had jumped in, uh, he had jumped actually on Wilder's back while Wilder was going for the gun. Uh, Jellison was hit in the chest, uh, and the bullet ended up lodging in his liver. Mm-hmm. The other shot fatally hit Wilder in the heart. And this is what ended his 26 day long killing spree and the manhunt for him. Now, some of the items that were still recovered. From Wilder's car, Joe, even though he had been dumping stuff and things like that, um, was obviously the revolver and extra ammunition, handcuffs, rolls of duct tape, rope, a sleeping bag, his business partner's what credit a card. What dick. He's like, right? no, God they're, damn just, it. they're gonna think fucking Stevie down at the fucking work site did it. Yeah. Like, what a fucking asshole, especially when you know he's fucking he's fucking loaded. He's yeah. made plenty of fucking money, so yeah. that just seems like a dickhead fucking move right there. Uh, a homemade electrical cord. Don't try that at home, kids. What the fuck? But it was it was for him to use um to torture some of his victor. And a copy of the book, The Collector, which was a novel by John Foles. I haven't read it. I'm, I mean, I used to read back in the day, but, you know, now I record this podcast and try to fucking keep my family financially afloat and I drink. Uh, so if someone's read it, fucking give me a, give me a, I mean, like briefer than Cliff's fucking notes. Like I need a real quick summary. I'd love to hear more about that. Five joke. sentences tops. Uh, but, but tell us a little bit of, uh, about like after his death, what took place? Yeah. So it's been suggested that when the police began to close in on him, he had actually already decided to kill himself 
himself, but that he also wanted a final killing spree before doing so. But given the fact that he went to California and then New Hampshire, it seemed more likely that he was just trying to flee to Canada. Um, he had gotten fairly close to the Mexican border, but something must have made him either decided uh, to act or made him decide to turn around and go back across the country. Um, it's believed that his uh, intent to cross into Canada uh, into Canada is unlikely since he didn't choose a popular place to do so. But when he died, he was 10 minutes from the border itself. Well, yeah. And I mean, that's the other thing is that, I mean, it, again, he probably he, he probably because, uh, you know, Donette was the one who was like, oh, you know, he, he's going to Canada. So I'm sure he, he, he was probably changing his mind. But again, or even just mentioning it and not really thinking, oh, it doesn't matter because she's going to be dead anyways. Maybe he was just kind of spit fire. Well, well, but again, like I said, uh, Canada covers the entirety of the lower 48 uh, United States. You mm-hmm. know, and when he was in California, even if he was wanting to go to a populated city to kind of be able to disappear, you've got British Columbia right up there. You've got Vancouver. Yeah. You know, that's one of the larger, you know, areas up there. Or maybe I, he thought because if he crossed the country that nobody would think that he'd be trying to go up that way. I mean, maybe, maybe it was, you know, I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he was a Toronto Blue Jays fan and wanted <laughs> to fucking catch a good game or something like that. He may have, you know, I, they didn't have the Raptors at the time, so I, I don't know. I mean, either way, it, intentional or not, because of a suicide, we're never going to actually know. Right, yeah. So now Christopher Wilder's remains were actually cremated in Florida um, and he left a personal estate. Now, I got worth millions. I saw saw as low as two and I saw as high as seven. Hmm. But without a doubt, Christopher Wilder fucking did all this and again was using his business partner's credit card to fucking fund it while being a multi-millionaire. All right, and again, this is the mid-80s. If you don't know much about America... Being worth a few million dollars in the 80s, that was fucking damn fine good. You know, Unless you like were a cokehead. That's like being worth like 10 to 20 million now. Unless you were a cokehead and you were at least only worth half of that. I mean, well, yeah, well, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you enjoyed your money, you know, and I believe me, if you look at pictures of him, he looked like he had an awful cocaine habit, but there's no, you know, there's nothing about it or anything like that. Now, in June, Joe, of 1986, a court-appointed arbitrator ruled that the uh, the after-tax balance, because of course it doesn't matter if it's a serial killer or not, the U.S. government's going to get oh, that goddamn money before oh, anything yeah. fucking else happens. So once the government got done taking their share of Christopher Wilder's fortune, uh, the balance was divided among the vic- uh, the families of his victims. So usually, dreadheads, it would be the end of the episode because yeah, he, he got his comeuppance. But not on this one. No, not on this one. There's actually a possibility of other victims. Um, now, I will say this before you get into it. You can look online. Um, there was, there's, there's actually a lot of, quote unquote, possible victims um, where he was in the area at the time and certain of them kind of linked up. I kind of used my best judgment when researching it. Some of them were very thinly attached to him. Um, so I tried to go for the ones that did, in my opinion, have the most likely possibility. But there's still plenty of those, Joe. Look at go you ahead. over there trying to play investigator. <laughs> well, no, because, it, I mean, again, this was he was another one of those where there was a lot of info on him. But between sources, some of it varied Mm-hmm. fairly decently like with the, with the money amount yeah. and again i mean i know nowadays i mean to, to us fucking normal fucking proletarians mm-hmm. fucking two to seven million you know that's massive no matter what but 
when you're talking about that to someone who's used to it, that's that's I mean, but that is a, a decent size gap. So I don't know if he had seven around seven and then with the taxes and all that other stuff. Or you know. inconsistencies. Maybe it was seven prior to the government getting their their <laughs> yeah. share. They yeah. took five, left two only yeah, two mil yeah. for the victims. Who, who, who that knows? is more likely. But so that's why I tried to do it with all the different sources that I saw was trying to be like, okay. For what I knew about him, you know, I wanted the ones that had the most, to me, grounds. Some of them seemed like they were trying to attach it to him to try to clear shit off their fucking books. Yeah. And so I went with those, Joe. But yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, so there was, obviously, like you said, there, were, there was uh, many other murders that were actually suspected by authorities and women were found in locations, um, you know, that could have been kind of linked up during his spree. But in Australia, he was linked to deaths of two 15-year-old girls, Christina Chirac and Mary Ann Schmidt who were both murdered on January 11th, 1965. So that is right. while he was still there uh, visiting his parents. Well, well, so, sorry. Actually, that was... that. Or, was, like, sorry. I'm talking about, like, he had went back to Australia, then came back to Florida and, well, is what no, I'm meaning. I'm, I'm sorry. It's not that they were murdered on that. That was a typo by me because he had actually... He had went back in 64. They were found. The bodies found. were found on January 11th of 1965. That's what I was meaning, but I didn't say yeah, it. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, 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 no. Um, he was uh, suspected to have been behind the July 6th, 1983 disappearance of actress Tammy Lynn Lepper. Lepper's uh, family filed a $1 million lawsuit against Wilder before... For his death, but the suit was dropped afterwards. Um, uh, Leopard's mother, modeling agent Linda Curtis, would go on to state that she never believed him to have been involved in Leopard's disappearance. And I'm sorry, I have to typo again because I'm. I just saw dyslexic. that against Walter before. Um, I guess his. No, no, no. So that so he was in Australia in in the early 80s and left in 84 84 mm-hmm. is when he committed the spree yes the the the, the murders of christine sherrick and marianne schmidt was in 1965 that was before he even had immigrated to boynton beach florida so oh, yeah so okay. so that was that's when, that where i'm getting yeah, confused that would have okay. been when he was younger before he ever that wasn't that wasn't when he went back to visit that was before he had ever immigrated to the u.s okay so i was yeah i was wrong there sorry it's 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 been a long goddamn day everybody and, <laughs> and i know you have them too and i'm here reading my own notes and that's that's never good <laughs> uh also there were two unidentified women found on a property in loxahatchee florida that was owned by wilder thus also linking them to him. And that wraps up Christopher Walter, the beauty queen killer. Yep. Wraps him up nice, neat, and in a fucking dreadful fucking bow right there at <laughs> Dreadhead. So I I hadn't known much about this guy. And again, we can all sit here and argue, was he a serial killer? Was he a spree killer? Fucking feel free to do it in the comments section on whatever you're listening to. But again, that was a dude who fucking made his mark. In just six weeks for, well, I was going to say for better or worse, but there was nothing better about it. So for the worse, but I guess, you know, we gave us something to talk about and something for you guys to listen to and hopefully enjoy. But with that, that's going to wrap up episode 44. Thank you all for spending time with us again. Don't forget to check out episode 42 where we uh, cover Nathaniel Barjona, the pedo cannibal chef. And make sure that you're visiting YouTube and BitChute to uh, like, comment, subscribe, and watch the Fright Flick Fuck Mary Kill series where we just got done covering Terrifier 1 and 2. Uh, Joe, give them one more time the most dreadful website on the entirety of the internet. <laughs> SpreadTheDreadPodcast.com Absolutely. You'll find links to our podcast. There's a player right there. Our merch store, donations, all of that good shit. And don't forget... When you're on YouTube and BitChute, make sure to subscribe. We should have a brand new Fright Flick Fuck, Mary Kill up for y'all this Friday. 
In episode 45, we're going to be bringing back the next installment of our Tortures and Execution series. So everyone fucking hold on to whatever sexual body parts you identify and or have down there because we are going to keep bringing that dread for you like we always do. Once again, one final shout out to Lisa from Belgium. Make sure you resend us that that mailing address so we can get your five-star super spreader sticker sent out. And again, to Malin Leon for doing her part to spread the dread on IG. Again, if you'll hit us up with your address, we'd love to send you some stickers as well. Let's do it like we always do and close by saying I'm John. And I'm Joe. And hey, no matter where you live out there, it's fucked up. You leave the dread to us and make sure that you stay positive, stay powerful, stay proud, and no matter what you're doing while you're listening to this, get out into this fucked up world and wreck that shit. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here?